Alphabet Flight Encyclopedic Marvel Journey, where I go through the official handbook of the Marvel Universe with guests. We talk about all the characters we know and love and have forgotten as well. My name is Jesse Cooper, and with me today is the eponymous Mike. There's always an encyclopedia. You're always sorry, and nobody cares. So today, we're going to be talking about someone who is drawn so horny. Like, whoever drew this picture in this guidebook mm-hmm. was so horny. Uh, the White Queen, a.k.a. Emma Frost. So, uh, have you probably know who Emma Frost is. Mm-hmm. She's only one of the more famous characters. I have yet to see the horny picture for the listener. Well, well, well first I need you to describe, and then I'll show you the horny picture. Describe what she is in, like, a sentence. Uh, she is a mutant who can turn into diamonds and also is psychic and, uh, was dating slash married to Cyclops possibly for a while. And she ran the Hellions and the Massachusetts Institute. Yeah, you got it pretty much. Uh, and Yes, she once uh, managed to pay when she was destitute. She tricked people into thinking newspapers were money. That's a fact I know from OK Crusader. Yeah, just please describe it because it's uh, extremely horny. So she's wearing almost shoulder length white gloves, um, a v- very thong like bikini bottom, a corset, and just the most luxurious white fur cape. It's like long, and, kind of Marilyn uh, Monroe with longer hair. As, and also the way, also the way. She, sorry, also the way they drew her like like they didn't draw her like standing. They drew her like sexily like I'm seducing you. Yeah, standing. and her boots are scrunched up like socks. Like her boots are almost like her thigh length boots, and they're scrunched up around the calves <laughs> like socks do. Like it's. It's a look, and some would say it's um, objectifying. I mean, Emma Frost is, I would argue, one of the most overtly sexual Marvel characters. So, again, her name is Emma Frost. Mm -hmm. Um, Her occupation is chairperson of the board and chief executive of Frost International. Chairperson of the Board of Trustees of the Massachusetts, <coughs> Massachusetts, Massachusetts, I can never say it. Massachusetts, Massachusetts, Massachusetts. Hey. Uh, it still sounds wrong. Sure. Academy, Snow Valley, Massachusetts. <laughs> yeah. So she's... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so she's she's uh, known to be the lead uh, to be a leader of the Hellfire Club, but her criminal activities are not public public knowledge. The Hellfire Club is not necessarily known to be evil outside of a lot of places. Outside of the time they outside of when they do a lot of evil stuff. Well, the thing is, they do a lot of evil stuff, but they're not being like, "Hey, we're the Hellfire Club." They're just doing evil stuff. Like, the Hellfire Club is just, like, a place where rich socialites from the Northeast go. Basically. Fair. 
Yeah. Uh, so she's from Boston. She has no criminal record. <clears throat> I wonder why. Uh, she's also single. <clears throat> oh no, uh, no! I hate that. I hate that. <laughs> she's single. Uh, also, she is um part of the inner circle of the Hellfire Club. Um. Oh my god, she has so many bases of operations. But she's a rich, rich a-hole. Um, so, she has the Massachusetts uh, Academy, Snow Valley, Massachusetts, and Hellfire Club mansion. Mm -hmm. She has a townhouse in New York City, a home in Berkshire Mountains of Massachusetts. She um she was headmaster uh, at Xavier Institute for in like the nineties or something, right? For a little bit, yeah. Uh she has places of residence in various cities where Frost International has holdings, including Boston, New York City, Chicago, and uh Washington, DC. So uh she first showed up in X-Men. 132 actually uh, yeah x-men wait they're wrong she's literally on the cover of the one before 132 she's on the cover <laughs> but 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 yeah it's um 131 uh run for your life and it's uh was released in march uh, 1980, mm -hmm. and I'll send you the look of the cover. Uh, basically, it's like her. Oh wow! Like kind of looming. I haven't been yeah, to comic fight in a long time. We had I had a different. I was reacting to the cover. Just the website. Oh wow! Now I'm reacting to the cover. Yeah. Yeah, but the but she's kind of looming over, like looking <sighs> evil. She looks kind of like shows, a mannequin. The way they draw her cheekbones there on the side looks kind of like a mannequin. Well, she, but like she's <coughs> kind of looming over like like the background. And then you have like Nightcrawler. Mm -hmm. Like I'm guessing, I'm gonna say grabbing Kitty. Probably looks uh, like a young girl. Yeah, I'd I'd probably say Kitty because there's. I'd say Kitty. Yeah. Uh, Colossus, and, like, it looks Cyclops. Like, yeah, Colossus and Cyclops Wolverine. are fighting like hell. They're fighting like hell. Hellfire Club um, mm. minions and it, it's a, it's a pretty menacing mm -hmm. uh, cover, let's say. So, uh, she is a founding member of uh, an old Boston mercantile family. Wait, sorry, it's leading member, not founding member, is a leading member, and an old Boston mercantile. Factory, which arrived in England in the 1600s. She inherited a good deal of wealth, but most of her large fortune is a, re a result of her successes in business. That is a lie. The art of the deal. Uh, she got a small loan of being really rich. <laughs> in newspapers, which she made people think were money. Uh, um, she rose rapidly through the world of business thanks to her intelligence, drive, and personal charm, and her secret use of her psionic abilities. I was waiting for that foot to drop. <laughs> I was gonna say, like... It's <laughs> so, like, I wonder why this very powerful psychic person rose to the ranks of anything. It's like the, um, 
you know, with nothing but a very small loan of $1 million, I was able to make myself a very rich businessman. It's like, with nothing but my charm, my smarts, and my business ability, and also my psychic abilities, I was able to rise to the ranks of business. My psychic abilities, which make people bend to my will with nary a thought. She eventually became a majority stockholder in a multi-billion dollar multinational conglomerate, which has been renamed Frost International after herself. Uh, despite her youth, she is now a chairperson. I don't care about this. She's just a rich person who it, used her abilities to get rich. It, it cracks me up that they say because, like, even with her youth, because she's been a like she's been youthful since the eighties. <laughs> like every char- well, she, like Marvel character, like well, also. Also, like, it's, like, in the future, she makes people think that she looks young because she's a psychic. A very powerful psychic. And, like, technically, Scott Summer should be, like, 75 years old. <laughs> well, Scott Summer should be dead, but, you know, it's whatever. Is he not uh, dead anymore? He's not dead anymore. Neither is Gene. I need to get back to comics. It's been a while. Well, if you want to get back into X-Men, Hickman is just like, hey, we're going to cancel everything <laughs> X-Men, and I'm going to start over. And I'm, write my own X Men. I might basically. just be, and I don't. I know that we're reaching that point where we're talking about X Men enough, where you're going to go off on a, a rant, and I don't mean to. I just it has all the tropes that I want from comics in one book. It's so it's an easy place for me to get a fix of like retconning and weird, like wild science and all that bullshit. Well, See, so so um yeah, but what Hickman is doing is he pretty much is just like, <clears throat> hey, I'm going to write for Marvel, but. Um, if I get something, I want to write X-Men, and I want to cancel everyone else's book and just start over, <laughs> like, condense everything. Hmm. I, I might just pick that one up. Thing. I hope he keeps the yeah. 05, because I actually really like the 05 X-Men. Well, no, no, no. He's not starting over. It's condensing. Sure. Like, he's right, basically right, right. saying, this This is this is a BS. I'm going to throw that out. I'm going to... I mean... He's basically condensing everything to be a good, like, entryway. It's like so. Crisis of Infinite Earths or whatever, or on if whichever the one where they where DC folded their all of their continuity into like one universe. Yeah, basically, <laughs> basically, but it's uh, but that's coming out this month actually. Oh no, next month, July. Um, and that's going to be pa- House of X and Power of X. Hmm. Yeah, or House of Ten and Power of Ten. I don't know. Which one? Or Ten of X uh, and House of X, whatever. Yeah. So, uh, she also, uh, so she used her powers to become rich, and then she also used her powers to make a, a school for mutants. Uh, she, her, her beauty and talent brought her an invitation to join the Hellfire Club, an elite social, social organization of the world's wealthiest and most powerful figures. Yeah, they're really showing off her wealth and intelligence in the Hellfire Club photos. Well, also, <coughs> everyone in the Hellfire Club is basically an S&M and just walk around in S&M gear. Yeah, I mean... It definitely does not reflect on uh, Chris Claremont at all. I know that he based that off an episode of The Avengers, where they um, investigated a place called the Hellfire Club, and it was a similar... Weird guys in suits and bondage gear. Secret society. Yeah, if you want to hear about uh, <clears throat> about my uh, my OC character for the Hell, uh, Hellfire Club for Sebastian Shaw, listen to my Black King episode where I created a 
uh, character called the Juice, and it's just a really strong dude who walks around punching Sebastian Shaw in the back, so he has a little bit of juice. Jesus, sorry, good lord. He's also he's also would be an S and M gear. He basically be in a Gimp mask. He's just a big tough tough guy in a Gimp mask, and he's the Juice. Okay, uh. So she became she became a uh, ally of Sebastian Shaw, who is a member of Kevin Bacon. The clubs, <laughs> yes, from those really great movies that I'm glad are completely over. I, I liked First Class and Days of Futures Past, but I understand that that's not for everybody. I'm not gonna like go to bat that they're amazing, like well written movies. I, I like them. The thing that bothered me the most, first off, you put. Banshee in as one of the original X-Men? What? Okay, second off. And also, they put Darwin the in as one of the original X-Men. Also, also, well, no. That's my second point. Darwin, the ultimate survivor, was a black guy in the 60s. Could turn into anything to survive. Was a black person in the 60s. And whenever they shoved a grenade down his throat, he was just like, I guess I die. When he would just live through it. Because he's the ultimate survivor. I hate that movie. So much. Okay, sorry. <sighs> okay, so. Um, so, yeah, basically she joined the, the inner circle. Uh, or the. Basically is Illuminati. Mm-hmm. Like they're a bunch of rich people. Some of them and some of them aren't. Uh, and they, they're just like, hey, we have a bunch of money. Why don't we try to make it better for us? Like, that is a fanciful thing that totally does not actually happen. They were the reason why Sentinels were built. Like, uh, Buckman, who was the who was an anti-mutant person, mm-hmm. did not know that there were mutants on the Inner Circle. Hmm. And, um... Isn't Shaw a mutant? Yeah, he is. But he didn't know there were yeah. mutants. Buckman. No, Buckman did not know that Shaw and he... Uh, so, Buckman, who was the White King, uh, said that the project, Sentinel Project, was intended to capture superhuman mutants mm-hmm. by the council who, you know, wanted power. Right. I mean, yeah, Raven Darkholm. I've seen Days of Futures Past. However, Frost, through her psionic powers, learned that it was actually a basically used. Uh, they wanted he wanted to use it to be like you know do genocide stuff to mutants. Um, so together, Shaw and Frost staged a coup that gave them control of the Council of the Chosen, which they renamed the Inner Circle. Shaw took the title of Black King, and she became the new White Queen. Uh, under Shaw and Frost, they were now dominated. The inner circle was basically mostly superhuman mutants or mutants. Um, she also basically made a bunch of, uh, made up a team of young mutants to train them, like another certain evil psychic person we know, except she's openly evil instead of pretending not to be. You're talking about Xavier? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, he's not a good person. They um, dig into that a little bit in Dark Phoenix, actually. The the movie. I'm, I'm probably not going to watch it. Yeah, don't. I mean, I it's a pile. Of, it's a pile of hot garbage. I'm not saying anyway. Like it has some of my favorite fight scenes from the X Men movies because they do a lot of like actual like team moves where people set it up for another person to knock it down. But 
other than that, there's a great scene where they basically bring Charles Xavier to task for being Charles Xavier. And that's basically oh, the, that's t- the two parts of that. Like, if you can find that clip on YouTube eventually, watch that. And at least then, like, you'll get that good part. But don't go see Dark Phoenix. It's hot garbage. <clears throat> as, as someone, as I think someone tweeted out, they did last stand again, but somehow worse. Mm. <laughs> less, less ludicrously over the top. Like, it's more over the top in a bad way. It's not like, hey, let's just get like as many mutants as we can to have like outright war in the woods or whatever. Like, it's, I don't know. We can talk about this another time. So they, sorry, the Inner Circle had their team of young paramilitary people, mm-hmm. like Xavier did, and they would do things on the Inner Circle's behalf. Is this the Helians? Many of, yeah, these is the Helians. Oh, well, Frost taught the young mutant uh, Firestar, uh, but she rebelled against Frost and went and left the school. Isn't that the one she gaslit and then killed her horse? Is that Firestar? N- nope. No. Firestar is actually the one that was uh, was created for the Spider-Man and his yeah. amazing friends. There's and some- then they brought into. There's something about her backstory where, like, either Emma Frost or kills this girl's, like, pony or makes the girl kill her own pony or something. There's some pony <sighs> death want- in Firestar's backstory. Oh, I'm, see, <laughs> I'm okay with uh, horses not existing because they're demons that don't deserve to be on this earth. <sighs> good to find another pressure uh, point i can push <laughs> other than x-men I can just bring horses. up horses i oh, hate what about horses an x-men horse birds. well that could just shove itself up its own butt that's what it could do that might be its power it's, it could be it could shove itself up its God, own butt if it didn't ability an anal boris <laughs> uh, oh, wait no 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 it's Ouroboros. <laughs> I like that better. It doesn't make me cringe as much. Yeah, it's not as it's still unpleasant, but it's not as just horrible. It's not as visceral. For some reason, <laughs> when you use the word anal, I'm just like, uh, but when you say buttis, I'm just like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the tagline of this episode. Um okay. So God. she first encountered <clears throat> the team of mutants called the X Men, and when hmm. she attempted to recruit uh, Kitty Pride for her school, <sighs> mm-hmm. and captured a number of the X Men. Since then, she crossed paths with the X Men and their associates, the New Mutants, many times, often as their adversary. Uh, Sometimes as their it. lover. Well, that's it. Well, not not the not the kids. Well, no, no, I just meant Cyclops. Not no. I would talk about the new mutants. Oh, I've and also that was after this. this I know is that, that was I after know. this. I I know that was after New Mutants. I'm not a buffoon. I'm just saying that she crossed paths with Cyclops in the bedroom. Yeah, they had <clears throat> because he's into psychics and women who can mind control him. <laughs> he's a psychic sub. I mean, I mean, good, good on him. It's a psychic bottom. <laughs> so she's five ten, a tall lady, mm. uh, weighs one twenty five, has blue eyes and ash blonde hair and diamond skin. Well, not yet, actually. That's a secondary mutation. Oh uh, right, oh god, I forgot secondary mutations. Yeah, you forgot the nineties <clears throat> existed. 
I cut out of Jay and Miles before they really got too far into the 90s. Yeah, so, yeah, Secondary Mutations was a 90s thing. That was a Grant so. Morrison thing, right? Like, I'm vaguely familiar with the idea. Uh, it was Grant Morrison went crazy with it. Okay. But it was a thing beforehand. Gotcha. Um, so she's a mutant <clears throat> who can, who's telepathic. She can read minds, project her thoughts into other people's minds. She can mind control people. She can also throw psychic grenades at people. Mm-hmm. Um, so they don't hurt them physically, but they can hurt them mentally. Um, she can also telepathically sedate her victims so that they um, are rendered unconscious. They remain unconscious and uh, as long as she continues to sedate them. Uh, she's like she's like real skilled with like electronics and learned to build electronics that amplify psionic abilities. She devised the mechanism for Mastermind, which Mastermind projected her uh, his illusions into the mind of Jean Grey, version of the Phoenix, uh, who made her into Dark Phoenix. She also has like a gun-like device, which she. Once you exchange minds with Storm for a little bit. She has a brain gun. Yeah, she has a brain gun. So it's like, hey, my brain is in your brain now. Does she load her brain into the brain gun and shoot it? And I mean, obviously she has to get a headshot. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. You have anything else to say about Emma Frost besides that she's a way more in-depth character nowadays? No. I mean... This this Emma Frost is very much from a time where, I mean, it was post-Stanley, so she wasn't just, like, the female villain, but she kind of, for a while, was just, like, the female villain. She, well, she was just like, what if evil Xavier except openly evil? Yeah. What if gleefully evil Xavier? Yeah, so not a lot, really, on her at this time. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, uh, I think we're pretty much done. So, cool. uh, what do you have to plug? Uh, yeah, I have a couple of podcasts. The first one is called The Equalizers, where myself and Madison Jones uh, take films that never got a sequel or prequel, either because they're very good and they don't need one, or they're very bad and they don't deserve one, and we give them sequels or prequels. Um, currently, as you're hearing this, we're probably still on a brief hiatus because I'm moving and setting up in a new town, so we're going to need some time. But you can listen to our latest episode, The Avengers, where I took 27 of our um, episodes and I made a shared cinematic universe out of them and did an Avengers movie. You can find us pretty much everywhere online by searching The Equalizers, and we spell it E-Q-U-E-L-I-Z-E-R-S, like in sequel. I'm also part of a podcast called – sorry, did you want to say something? Oh, no, I was going to say, like, what I figured out, like, randomly, like the movie, but with an S at the end. Yeah, we we pretty much just took the movie The Equalizer with Denzel Washington, <laughs> changed the A to an E, so it sounded like sequel, and went with that. And it took Jesse 48 About two epi- years. Yeah, it took Jesse most of the time that podcast has been around uh, to figure <laughs> out that that was a pun. Um, and then got mad yeah. at me for some reason. Um 
I'm, yeah, because you talk about how clever you are each time, I, and you just that is not canon. And, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you always are just like, hey, I'm so clever, and I definitely don't just take things that exist and put S on them. Yeah, could be worse. I could t- take things that already exist and add B E T onto the end of them. And I never said I was clever you like do, you do you, all you, the time. Yeah, you don't say it. You text it to me every day, eight a.m. I wake up and I get it. I have a text from Jesse about man. Remember how clever that was. Um, I also host another podcast called A Study in Granada, where myself and Jackson Eflin watch the 1980s Granada television series uh, based on the Sherlock Holmes stories starring Jeremy Brett. And as we're entering season three, Edward Hardwick as Dr. Watson. Um, and we read the stories and we talk about it. You can find us online by searching A Study in Granada. And we're on Twitter um, at in underscore Granada. Um, and I guess I'm pitching this out now because I've done it before today on a different podcast, but um, I'm starting a Twitter feed where I bought the original 1980s Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles um, cartoon series on disc. And I am going to tweet out a synopsis of each episode of the 193 episodes in limerick form. And you can find that on Twitter at TMNT limericks. As of now, as of recording, there's nothing on that Twitter yet. I'm kind of building up a backlog before I start releasing them, but you can follow that and get all of my good Turtle Boy limericks as they come out. So my name is Jesse. I have another <coughs> podcast called Creepy Critters, where I talk about cryptids and sometimes SCPs. Uh, I and I also, um, as you heard the the last week, uh, this would be the second week of uh, limited theories where. Uh, where me and Rob Trevino talk about a limited series, issue by issue. Uh, so we're currently doing Cosmic Ghost Rider, so uh, listen to that. Uh, besides that, this has been Alphabet Flight, and please listen to Prince Namor, and don't toot that horn. Bye! Bye! Bye.